Hi, my name is Jerry Jay, and I'm a grateful compulsive reader, grateful to know that it's a disease, not a moral issue. Um, <clears throat> my history is, is that the God of my understanding used to my higher power, which was the Navy, to send me to treatment for alcoholism in June 1981. Five and a half years later, God used my higher power, the Navy, to send me to treatment for chronic obesity. That was November 1986. At that time, the military believed it was a disease and it could be treated successfully just like alcoholism. I'm truly grateful for that. Um, today, they no longer believe it's a disease. They discharge people when they don't meet their weight standards. And I'm just grateful that, you know, God took care of me. Um, God was really good to me because I ate with reckless abandon probably from the moment I was born. But <clears throat> God took very good care of me in that I didn't put weight on until I was in my late 20s. And, you know, maybe getting sober might have had a small amount to do with that. But basically, what got me here was six years before I got to OA, thanks to being going to treatment, um, the first time I had to lose weight, I had to lose 40 pounds. So the way I did that was I ate very little for about a month. The weight came off and then I went back to eating normally. Um, two years later, I had to lose 55 pounds. So this time I fasted for three days, three weeks, ate for three days, fasted for another three weeks. I had like a pound and a half left to lose. And I went and asked other guys in the Navy what they did and they said, just go out and run as far as you can. So I did. I went out and I ran about 15 miles. Crawled over to a telephone booth because they had them in those days. And I called my wife and had her come and pick me up. And then poof, the next day I was that magical weight. But even before the ink was dry on that piece of paper, a friend of mine had given me a five-pound box of candy, which I proceeded to reward myself with because at that time, there was no connection between what I put in my mouth would show up on my body. And two years later, I had to lose 60 pounds. And that's when the Navy sent me to treatment. Um, in treatment, I was age 38. It was the, probably the first time in my life I ever ate three meals. Um, I'm truly grateful that my first 10 years in OA were really just like heaven on earth. And what I mean by that is I got a sponsor and I asked him to sponsor me and he said, are you willing to go to any lengths? And 
what my mind said was no. What came out of my mouth was yes. And he said, okay, you need to call me every day with your food. You need to do reading and writing assignments. You need to make three phone calls a day. And so then my mind says, I got to find a way to get out of this. So I said to him, well, you know, I got to go to work early in the morning. And he said, that's not a problem. Call me at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> so that had kind of a sense of humor. Um, little did I know at that time that my sponsor was the inner group chair. And so I told him about a men's breakfast meeting I went to. And he said, hey, Jerry, do they have a inner group rep? I said, no. And he said, well, they do now. And so I got on Intergroup. At Intergroup, they were talking about Region 2. I didn't have a clue what that was. And he said, oh, it just means that you get to go to Intergroup and Service Board. Well, he didn't mention about the three assemblies a year and stuff. But I said, okay, yeah, I think I'd like to be an R2 rep. And so basically... My first year was all about being involved in service and knowing that it was a disease, not a moral issue. And when I went to region, the first time I went to region, I met a young man there. He was about 28 years old and he had eight years of abstinence and it showed me that it could be continuous, okay? So after region, our inner group at the time had 130 plus in-person meetings. So we could have 13 World Service delegates. And so my sponsor asked me, would you like to go? <laughs> so I said, yes. Um, and this was in... 1991 or 92, I don't remember the exact year, but when we went to World Service, this was the year that Roseanne addressed the fellowship, and she said, my vision of OA was only for compulsive overeaters. So then the body spent the next six hours debating how we're going to implement Tradition 3. Well, the following year, when we went back, she addressed the fellowship again, and she said, I just need you to know that my vision of OA was very limited. God's vision of OA was unlimited. Therefore, it's for everybody who has an eating disorder. And all I could think about was there was this little lady about 4'11". She now looked 18 feet tall. But to be able to express that to the whole fellowship. That was just so very kind and loving. Um, and I'm truly grateful for that. And, you know, <clears throat> for me, in the beginning, it was a lot about working the steps, calling my food in, surrendering. And so my first 10 years was like a honeymoon, okay? Um, and then, of course, because I am who I am, and like it says in the big book, selfie, self-centered, 
all that other stuff. I don't remember all the words exactly, but anyway, um, at the time we used just uh, the AA literature, uh, you know, the big book in AA 12 and 12. We didn't have our own 12 and 12 yet, but we did have the Overeaters Anonymous book. And we used to call it by that substance I don't eat today, <laughs> the C book. And uh, anyway, one of the things my sponsor had me do was on my books, he had me write, Jerry is a loving child of God. Because when I got here, I didn't think I had any value, okay? And what he also taught me was, is I need to write daily love notes to myself. So in the beginning, they were real simple. Dear Jerry, went to a meeting, love Jerry. But I'm grateful for that because they advanced from that to dear Jerry. For today and throughout this year, I will let no one, including myself, make me feel shame or guilt about something I wish were different in myself. I pray to be relieved of that shame and guilt and to accept myself and love myself exactly as I am. I will endorse my weaknesses and allow God to show me my strengths. And then I was able to sign that love, prayers, and hugs, Jerry, a loving child of God. So <clears throat> over time, you know, it took about a year writing love notes before I was able to really get into that. But in this book, the thing that really helped me in the beginning was Appendix A, and it's called A Disease of the Mind. And it was written by a man who's no longer with us, but there's a paragraph in there I wanted to share, which is the remarkable thing about OA's success is that the program gets people to function far better than they ever have in their lives. With any other disease, you're lucky to get back to where you were. If you have a heart attack, for example, you're fortunate to get your heart to function as well as it did before the attack. With the compulsive overeater, not only do you get back to a normal weight, but more important, your life has changed. And in a sense, you're ahead of where you were before you became a compulsive overeater. Now you have the tools of feeling, touching, caring, loving, sharing, being honest with your family and looking at life in an understanding way, not fighting it, but going along with it. Once you've treated the illness, you have the potential for a more together person than you were. Therefore, it's exciting for physicians and others who've been ignoring the problem or expressing deep pessimism about it to think of the disease of compulsive overeating as a disease to realize it can be treated so successfully. Um, and, you know, I'm truly grateful for all the people um, in my early OA recovery. So then what happened was, oh, while we were at World Service, we worked on the 12 steps first. And my sponsor said to me, the reason we're doing the steps first is because there's so many personalities in OA, we wouldn't be able to agree on the steps and the traditions together, okay? So 
<laughs> we did the steps first. But one of the things in the book that really helped me was And obviously they changed it in the second edition, but it was about how do we define abstinence? And uh, in the, uh, the original book, it said, the way we define abstinence is up to the individual. Uh, what may be one person's stable could be another person's poison. And when I came into OA in November 1986, they had just done away with gray sheet. And the reason was is that OA wasn't going to be sued because people were actually getting sick on the gray sheet. And so that's one of the reasons they did away with it and they came out with dignity of choice. Um, for me, I'm just really glad that timing's everything. I don't know if I would have liked that strict of a regiment, but what I learned for me, my abstinence is very simple. It's no eating between planned meals and eliminating my alcoholic foods. And those are the foods that once I eat, I can't stop. Um, truly grateful for this program. So after about 10 years, the Navy transferred me from San Diego to Norfolk, Virginia. And when I left, my wife and my daughter at the time, who was a junior in high school, they said to me, just because you have a job that allows you to go to exotic places doesn't mean we should go with you. So I went by myself and, you know, the reality is, is the spoiled child in me came out. And I just kind of pouted, stomped my feet. I didn't go to a lot of meetings. So then my abstinence for the next three to four years was on and off. Okay. And eventually when I got back to San Diego, I got a new sponsor. We started working the steps. My current abstinence date is June 16th, 2001. Um, when I originally came to OA, I was 256 pounds. And <clears throat> my weight has been between 180 and 187 for the last 20 years. It took me a year to, thank you, took me a year to lose the weight because I had put 44 pounds back on, okay? And thanks to this program, I was able to lose that. It took me about a year. And so from June 16, 2002 to today, my weight's been between 181 and 187. And I'm grateful to God for that. Um, what I know is that I need to remember the disease will lie to me. It'll tell me I can just have one. And the reality is 
if I ever just had one, I wouldn't have to be in OA. But today, I know it's a disease. It'll tell me in my head, it's okay. Nobody's looking. Have a couple. <laughs> and what I have to do is what my sponsor taught me. He said, when a disease starts talking to you, what you do is you say, thank you for sharing. Now, shut up and sit down. <laughs> and, you know, I'm so grateful for my sponsor that, you know, I could call him. And, you know, in the old days, when I would have to call over to a telephone booth and call him and say, the disease is calling me. Anyway, um, you know, I'm just so very, very grateful that I know it's a disease, not a moral issue. I'm grateful for all the people in OA that helped me to learn to love myself. Because when I first got here, I used to think I was a piece of dog doo-doo and everybody had the right to kick me around. And what I learned is that I am a loving child of God. It helped me be a better husband, a better father, and a better human being overall. And when I went to treatment, I left the ship. And six weeks later, when I came back, there was a new guy on board. And after about two weeks, he said to me, hey, chief, you know, I, I don't understand. Everybody here seems to be afraid of you, but you seem to be a very nice guy to me. And so I chuckled to myself and said, he didn't know me before I went to treatment because I was brutal to the people that I supervised. I remember hurting this guy's feelings. He was 22 years old and I talked to him so bad and belittled him so much. He started crying. And that's who I was before OA. OA taught me to love myself so I could carry that love and pass it on to others. I'm so very grateful for this. And my daughter was, when she was 13, and her mom was at work, she came down to me, downstairs to me, and she said, Dad, I'm bleeding. And I said, just a minute. I called my sister, Ruthie, and I said, you need to talk to my daughter. Okay. And that's the thing I learned in OA. If I don't have an answer, I don't make them up anymore. I find somebody who does. And, you know, today, me and my daughter have a very loving relationship because, once again, I got her the help she needs so she could understand that she was becoming a woman. And I will close with, just for today, I need to remember God is in charge and that I'm one of his loving children and that I need to carry the message that it's a disease, not a moral issue. And thank you for letting me share.